everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Bandit Season 4. That's right, Season 4 has come and we're ready to rock and roll. Ah, it's Episode 2, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Game and their mad for 440 board game, where they're kicking big bags of goals, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about, and you can find them at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au, that's R-O-L-L-A, to find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a mad for footy board game for you and the family. Now, we're going to kick it off with all things cricket. It's time to talk a little bit of tea. 20 and uh, the uh, T20 Big Bash for the women rolls on. So let's talk all things Perth Scorchers women. Added shot, squirts out to the offside. It is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. They finished on top. They said they've gone against the trend and they are the WBBL now, it was the ladies' first game at home playing in front of the fans and at the home of WA Cricket, the Wacker, are uh, back midweek. Um, and didn't they enjoy it, making it two for two against Hobart for the season after bowling uh, for the first innings and doing a decent job restricting the Canes to 158. Our local inclusion, Chloe Ainsworth, uh, continued her wicket-taking form with three for 25 from her three overs, but Amy Edgar's two for 16 at 5.33 economy rate was an important contribution as well. And really at a point in the game, uh, they could have cut cut down the score to less, uh, even less, um, having Hobart 6 for 67 at the 10.1 over mark. Uh, before a mini fight back from the Canes, uh, they ended up with 7 for 151. Uh, the score just cleaned up the last three wickets, actually, for just seven runs. So they did well in the end. Uh, and chasing down what was probably a fair total, there were three decent partnerships across the innings uh, to have them end up getting home safely with nine balls to spare. Uh, Lauren Winfield Hill got 29 off 25. Uh, she helped Beth Mooney, who got 52 off 33. Uh, both of them got the uh, team off to a rollicking start uh, to be 1 for 68. Uh, before Maddie Dark, 45 not out from 33. And Captain Sophie Devine did the final portions and um, chased off what was needed. Unfortunately, some devastating news. Another import bites a dust as uh, Englishwoman Lauren Winfield Hill. She's been ruled out for the rest of the tournament due to a quad injury after sustaining it in said Hobart match. Now, next, the ladies were to face the Melbourne Stars on Sunday away at City Power Centre, or Junction Oval, as you like, some people like to call it. And could it be two in five days? Well, not to be, going down by seven runs, uh, despite restricting Melbourne to an under-probably target in 154 from their 20 overs, as Captain Sophie Devine led the charge with the ball. Uh, she got two for 21, whilst Alana King picked up one for 23 at 5.75, virtually unplayable. And you have to say, having the Stars at one for nine, four for 70, and five for 79, uh, despite some drop catches um, by the Scorchers in the field. Uh, so five for 79 at the 11.3 overmark, the girls really let slip an opportunity to restrict the Stars to a small total. Now, for the return serve, um, the team just couldn't really get going or build any big partnerships with Maddie Dark, uh, the highest score of 45 off 33, doing it again. Uh, as Beth Mooney, Clo- uh, incoming uh, Western Fury captain Chloe Papari and Sophie Devine, all top three batters, 
only registering single-digit score. So suffice to say, a bit of a setback for the ladies. But as a result um, of this, unfortunately, they've fallen to mid-table in fourth place. Um, so we'll see what they can do. Uh, they'll bounce back, I have no doubt, um, with another game or games coming thick and fast over the coming couple of weeks. So we'll leave it there for the Perth Scorchers. Now let's head to the the uh, the hard court or, you know, the... Um, Mildly hardcore, I guess. Let's talk a bit of basketball and, of course, the Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cock and building up the heat. Here we come. Oh, no. Here we come. Oh, no. Here we come. Yeah, it's time to talk a bit of Perth Wildcats. But before we get to the X's and O's, the statistics and the key metrics, it's time for a well-deserved bat blast. And I'm not out of order. You're out of order. The whole freaking system is out of order. You want the truth? You want the truth? You can handle the truth! Yeah, thanks very much, Omar. And this is why the Perth Wildcats deserve a bat blast. Because we saw the squad they were putting together. And as a Perth Wildcats fan, I listened to... All the experts, the commentators, and everyone is so bullish about Perth Wildcats. What they put together with a squad, this athletic, this dynamic, this flexible, youthful team that will be able to solve the rebounding woes and problems you know, that, that sort of plagued them across all last season. And even the season before that, uh, with, with uh, Coach Scott Morrison getting you know almost the hottest Australian free agent in Keanu Pinder as a one-two punch with Bryce Cotton. And then you, know, you add some nice little pieces. Jordan Usher coming over saying, I want to win the defensive player of the year. Well, he's been anything but that, except for take away that, that game one, 37-point game that he had, which was just off the Richter scale, and he was never going to be able to continually have those heights. But what he's done since then has just been disastrous. His shot selection is, um, uh, how do we say it, um, sort of curious at best. I find the Perth Wildcats don't stand for anything. I don't know what kind of team they are. Um, but I, I, I tell you what I do know is that uh, they love shooting the three ball. They've got no inside presence, no points in the paint. Um, they went over to Adelaide with so much to play for. That they actually gave them a decent run and then they just sort of fell away at the end. Adelaide have gone on to beat New Zealand in New Zealand. You know, is that just me New Zealand are rubbish? I don't know. Um, they lost to Brisbane on Friday, which we'll get to very soon. But again, Brisbane coming off four losses on the trot. No Aaron Baines, their, their main key focal point and centre. Um, no no key point guard, um, whose name escapes me. So very much undermanned, and they just couldn't get the job done. Again, sort of um, caught out of the blocks. They were down 0-10 before they even started to play. Like, there's, there's no continuity... There's no sequence. There seems to be no, no structure in their offense. There's still, like, the rebounding was so good in the fourth quarter, but why can't you do that in, in the first three quarters? Well, where's their desire, their effort, their energy? Because that's all rebounding is. Rebounding is attitude. It's not a special trait or a skill that you, you either have or you don't. You want to get that board. You want to box out. You want to get in front. Like, as I said, this team is so used to success, 
fans are getting weary, they're getting concerned, they're getting worried. I listened to John Reilly's press conference after because I was just curious as to well, what what is going to be said. And Keanu Pinder was there too. He said that that they're putting in all the hard work, and once it clicks, it's going to be an avalanche. They're going to go on a five or six game winning streak. Well, I'm just yet to see that. I'm I'm even yet to see the positives. I'm not even too fussed that that, that Bryce Cotton isn't shooting that great. Like I don't care about that, but Bryce isn't isn't the reason that the team is in the position that's in now, sitting two wins and five losses. It's everyone else is not doing their job. Alex Saar needs to get more court time. Ben Henschel, for goodness sake, why is he not on on the floor? Michael Harris, love him. He actually does provide some energy, but he's not giving them points. Um, Hiram Harris, I'm a huge fan of. Play him more. At least he gives them something. He gives them toughness, energy, uh, like a little bit of fight. And, you know, Jordan Usher. Christian Doolittle is coming back from injury, of course, so maybe you've got to be a little bit kinder to him, give him some, you know, more time. But they still, when they go up against the Sydney's, Big bodies when they go up against the Brisbane's, even Adelaide's Chris Humphreys. And of course, in Melbourne United too. They're getting killed by big bodies. They don't have a big dude who's who's strong enough to stop them. So, suffice to say, they have a lot to live up to. They were dismal against Brisbane. Yeah, I, I get it. They only lost by five points. But this is a win you should be getting in front of the Red Army. Home court, you have to take care of home court, and then you get some wins away, and then get, that gives you enough wins uh, to make the finals. All right, that blast over. Let's get to the game, to the stats, and let's finish it off by summing up the game itself from its key metrics. It was a bit of a topsy-turvy game, scoring just nine points in the first turn. The Perth Wildcats are four of 11 field goals, none of seven from three-point land. They were down by 11 at the first break. Other uh, one, the second quarter, 27-22. I uh, got overrun in the third, 16-26, to be down by as much as 16 points. Uh, before fighting back, winning the fourth quarter, 27-16. As I said, that was a really good positive. Uh, their attitude, uh, their effort, their application in the fourth term was just brilliant. They got offensive rebounds. They got defensive rebounds. They passed the ball. They made good shots. They were getting turnovers. But... It has to be for four quarters. Um, with the field goal attempts, um, the, the, they had seven more field goal attempts, but at just 39%. So they're getting heaps of shots. They're getting clearly the shots that they think they want. But for mine, I don't think they're good shots anyway. Shot selection still needs to be changed. They were 4 of 25 from three-point land, but that's still way too many three-pointers. They were minus 7 in rebounds, but they did win the offensive rebounds by 4. That's a nice positive. But they still lost by 5 points, even with a strong advantage of 12 more points from turnover. Just goes to show how much that poor shooting is really hurting them. In just 25 minutes, Keanu Pinder was actually quite efficient. He had 22 points, 5 rebounds, 7 of 13 from the field, 2 of 3 three-pointers, and he was plus 7, plus minus. But a shout-out again, I spoke about him earlier, goes to Hiram Harris for providing the energy and the difference when they sorely needed something. In his 15 minutes, it was 6 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, nothing flashy or amazing. But he had plus 8, plus minus, equal second best in the game. This guy needs to get more minutes. I really like him. Now, the final ladder position has the Wildcats supremely vulnerable. It's not season over yet, but it's very damn close to it. Um, they just have to win their next couple of games. And we've said that for the last two games, but it's just getting to the point where you've got to win. Simple as that. Um, they're equal with 
equal uh, on ninth spot uh, with Illawarra and New Zealand, who sit last, have only played have played two less games. Of course, with them going over to the uh, to the United States, playing those NBA teams in their practice matches. So we'll leave it there for the Perth Wildcats. A terrific bat blast from uh, myself, if. Uh, if I say so myself, should I say? <laughs> a lot of saying myself. But uh, we're going to leave the Perth Wildcats. Let's head back to the cricket pitch and talk a little bit of Western Warriors. It's all over. WA go back to back in the Marsh Cup. They win their 16th title. And that man on screen would have to be pretty close to the man of the match, Josh English. His batting performance today. Now, next on the agenda for the Warriors was an away clash up against South Australia and a four-day game, and this time just continues to roll. Uh, they still just continue to roll on. They get the job done even when at stages they were behind the eight ball. Um, choosing to bat first, they got an underwhelming, uh, probably what was 241, uh, with Bam Cam Bancroft 57 and Hilton Cartwright's 56. The top scores were in the reply. They actually made similar inroads to South Australia's score, uh, stopping them actually making a massive lead into the second innings. Uh, with that sort of just sitting at 23 runs. And this was hugely thankful uh, to Joel Paris's 6 for 74, whilst Cam Gannon's 18 overs of 1 for 38 at 2.11. That just kept the pressure on the South Australian batters and really didn't give them any easy runs. So it was relatively level pegging going into the second innings. And what a fight back from the Warriors going in 20-odd runs a rear as Cam Bancroft continues to bang down the door for an opening spot in the test team with 100. So, got a hunchy. Unfortunately, he got out. Uh, Sam Whiteman, he's in stellar form himself. He got a 51. But all-rounder Aaron Hardy's 99. Uh, all three of them, they were the other backbone to the innings of 8 for 377 declared. Uh they actually got to 104, the Western Warriors, before the first wicket, and then a big 106-run partnership between Hardy and Bancroft to really push them up. Um, it was 254 runs to win for the Redbacks on the last day in a bit, but they sort of crumbled to be all out for 154, largely thanks to Joel Parrish yet again, 5 for 39, to have a career-best figures of 11 for 113, uh, whilst Liam Hackett nabbed 3 for 31 with a steady stream of wickets across the final day. Now the lads are sitting second only on points and bonus points with Tasmania in the top position. And next ahead, they've got a Marsh one-day cup matchup against New South Wales away next Saturday. So, uh, but look, sitting very pretty, really, really strong win um, up against South Australia. So um, they're doing a lot of things right, the Western Warriors. And now let's talk all things AFLW. And of course, that means our Fremantle Dockers and our West Coast Eagles. Lally sends it in. They want to mark as it's knocked down. Tight, dangerous in this situation. From the angle, on your tie. Found some room when there was none. Lifted West Coast. Swanson. Sending it forward, knocked over by Bartlett. Now it's to Franklin, the former docker on the floor. Now a tough challenge laid ahead for Fremantle. Heading to Casey Fields to take on flag favourites, the Melbourne Demons. And unfortunately, it went to script for the most part. Uh, it was the second quarter where the Ds really stamped their authority on the game. Um, down by one point going into the first term. Uh, in the second term, they actually put on three goals, seven to one goal, one. And realistically, should have put the game to bed uh, there with 10 scoring shots. But they did just that in the final term with three goals, four to one goal, as the Dockers succumbed to the Ds by 33 points. Uh, they had 69 less disposals as they simply couldn't get their hands on the ball. Uh, and that actually turned into minus 16 inside 50s, minus 17 contested sessions. They gave up 12 marks inside 50, the Dockers, and relented with a forward 50 pressure act, uh, losing tackles inside 50, 
8 to 23. Now for the Ds, that turned into a 58% inside 50 efficiency, which is just way too high if you're a Fremantle and Dockers coach. Um, one positive was they squared the clearance gain 30 apiece. And Stannard continues to be consistent. She had 24 disposals and 4 clearances. Kiara Bowers is returning to some really terrific form um, since uh, making her way back to the field with 22 disposals, 5 marks, 13 tackles, and 4 clearances. Our way for Dana East, she was a workhorse in the middle, picking up 16 disposals, 6 tackles, and 10 clearances. Now on to West Coast, and they just couldn't get back into the contest after trailing at every break and fell to the previously winless Western Bulldogs by 8 points at Mineral Resources Park, and this coming off um, the uh, step-down or resignation of our former coach of this season and last season, Michael Pryor. So, uh, you know, sometimes it works, you know, new coach, everyone has a new lease on life, but um, unfortunately didn't go the way of uh, for the West Coast Eagles. Now, this was a game where both teams were reasonably evenly matched, uh, with the inside 50 efficiency only a difference of plus 2%. Inside 50s, West Coast were plus 1, contested possessions only lost it by 2 they did, though, apply 12 less tackles, and they lost the clearances by 5. Where in the second term, they really lost some momentum, giving up a forward 50 pressure goal on the stroke of quarter time and a 50-meter penalty against resulting in a Western Bull- Bulldogs goal at the beginning of the uh, the second term. And one more to follow. Um, that really gave the Bulldogs two-goal lead heading into halftime before opening up a 25-point margin um, halfway through the third term. Uh, but West Coast, to their credit, they showed a bit of fight uh, to get back into the contest, coming into the last, but just not enough. Uh, Emma Swanson, she was sterling with her effort all day. Uh, 28 disposals, 7 marks, 7 tackles. We expect nothing less of this uh, terrific captain. Whilst young Dynamo Ella Roberts wasn't too far behind, she had 27 disposals, 5 marks, 5 tackles, and 6 clearances. Um, just an absolute all-out star um, is young Ella Roberts. And we're going to finish this off by rounding out the normal top three for West Coast, unfortunately. Um, and it's Bella Lewis. She had 17 disposals, 1.1 goals, or one goal one, and our six tackles. Now the last round sees Fremantle head back home for the final match with finals not on the cards anymore against Sydney, trying to finish their season on a high. And similarly for West Coast looking to turn a leaf on 2023. But they'll have to do so against one of the benchmarks of the competition in Adelaide, albeit at home at Mineral Resources Park. So back-to-back games, um, but on a Saturday afternoon. So doesn't get any easier for the West Coast Eagles, unfortunately. We're now going to leave it uh, for all things AFLW. Let's now head to the uh, rectangular pitch, talk a bit of soccer or football, and it's time for Perth Glory Men. Glory, glory, Perth Glory. Well, the distance derby was on the cards, the longest road trip in the competition, but at least it's out of the way early. However, all those kilometres and uh, the, the, the long plane trip did not give them a result that they wanted, going down 2-1. And they conceded early two in the ninth minute before hitting back by a free kick from the cross to new recruit Oli Bazanic, uh, which, uh, of course, w- went to the head of co-captain and natural defender Mark Beavers, who scored the goal in the 58th minute. 
Now, the level pegging, uh, though, wouldn't last for long, as it was back at a goal difference in the 74th minute, unfortunately. And it stayed that way for the remainder of the game, even with an 87th minute penalty from Adam Taggart. He just couldn't make it count or pick a spot, um, you know, where the goalie was not going to go. Now, it was mostly a tight contest. Um, minus one goal uh, goal attempts uh, between the two teams. Shots on goal was, was pretty similar as well. Minus two free kicks. But here's where it gets interesting regarding balls and play or possession in the box and in the final third. Perth Glory had plus 49 in attacks and plus 29 in dangerous attacks. Clearly a game of what ifs, what could have been, and maybe missed opportunities. And even the expected goals, which is a new stat that I just uh, found out about, which is essentially the probability of a shot resulting in a goal, had the glory 2.11 goals versus 0.71 goals. So it was a game where they probably should have at least, at least you know, tied and maybe should have won. But anyway, ifs, buts, maybes, would have, could have, should have, count for nothing. You've just got to make it count. 49 more attacks, 29 more dangerous attacks, not good enough in the end. And as a result, they're sitting eighth at the moment ahead of a home match versus our new coach Alan Stadich's old A-League club, the Central Coast Mariners, on Saturday evening. All right, let's now head to the hockey turf. Of course, it's all things Hockey 1 and the Perth Thundersticks. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag flick in for the goal. Perth with a first. Harry Somerville with a trademark. Brings it in. Perth the other way. Crossing in. Now Sean Sharp here uh, for our Perth Under 6. The women uh, kicked off the home fixture at Kern, which is on Sunday afternoon. uh, Picking up a 1-0 victory, courtesy of a first-half goal and uh, maintaining an undefeated streak uh, to begin the season. Uh, Going 3-0, sitting top top of the table. And it's in three ones, zero losses, just absolutely rolling the ladies. But uh, unfortunately, the men couldn't follow suit. Um, they're in some serious strife at the moment. They actually lost 2-6. Uh, they were down 2-4 going into half time to Hockey Club Melbourne, who are top of the table. Um, clearly the team to beat at the moment. But uh, this really is a serious dent to their finals hopes. Are uh, now sitting 1-2 and two for the season and second last overall. And of course, with such a short season, they've already had their bye. I think they've only got three matches left. Um, you know, that they need to get rolling, and they need to do it now. Um, so let's see what they can do next week. In fact, let's just quickly check the old uh, check the old Flash Score app to see who they've got on the cards next week. And uh, the game is going to be no, that was this week. Uh, here we go. The game's going to be on the Sunday. They actually head to Adelaide. They'll play the Adelaide Fire uh, with games at 10.30, uh, which is going to be the women, and 12 o'clock, which is going to be the men. So away um, for the women. They're just uh, going pretty well at the moment. But the men, they need to get a W. It's as simple as that. And now we're going to talk all things baseball because we're due. So that means let's touch base with the Perth Heat. It's up in the air, and all you can do is watch. It's two home runs in a game for Jake Bowie. Now he punches this one. Deep right center field. Campbell looks up. That ball's gone. Three-run shot, Jake Bowie. Yeah, that's it. Time to get back into all things Perth Heat and, of course, all things baseball. Now, spring training and practice matches have come and gone for the Heat as they took on defense. 
defending and uh, you know reigning uh, baseball WA state league champions, the Hammond Park based Braves uh, baseball club, and that was back on Saturday, October seven. So a great hit out for them. Um, and also uh, just announced this week uh, were new recruits uh, because we know that uh, the Perth Heat have a great relationship with the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, with the club continuing um, and just just really fortunate to be offered up an explosive lineup of international recruits uh, in infielders. And, well, firstly, let's start off with a reputation for stealing bases. Ryan Spikes, another infielder, is Dallas Paguero. And to round out uh, the infielders, we have Ricardo Cabrera. And then in addition to that, we've got a number of pitchers. Uh, first, we've got Sam Samuel Miha. Uh, and then also we've got Cesar de Jesus. And of course, six point six foot eight tower presence pitcher Alexander Alberto. And in addition to that, uh, we've got a utility. He's uh, the jack of all trades, uh, of course. The uh, the Swiss Army knife, as a lot of people like to call him, Rodellis Martinez. And sincerely apologise. I no doubt I butchered some of those names, but doing my best to um, get through the vowels and you know follow the syllables, etc. Now, the most important thing is how can you see the Perth Heat? Well, let's quickly go through the fixtures. This will be posted on our socials. But um, to start off with, they actually go away first. Uh, round one. They play Melbourne uh, between the 17th and 19th of November. Come back home to play Adelaide Giants uh, between the 24th and the 26th. I head back on the road. Uh, the next matches between November 30 and then December 1 to 3. And then, so that, that's sort of how they're starting their season. So they're the first three rounds. And as I said, the rest of our, uh, the rest of the fixtures will be posted on the socials. So don't, don't forget to check them out. But now we're going to leave it there for the Perth Heat. And of course, in the coming weeks, uh, you'll be able to see and hear all of the results from our Perth Heat as they try to bounce back from, uh, you know, making it all the way to the final day, uh, in, of course, the Claxton Shield, but just didn't have enough to get over the line. So we're going to leave it there for now. That's it. Season 4, Episode 2 is done and dusted. We're at the end of it. Uh, the Perth Heat, they'll be on the pitch very, very soon. The Perth Thundersticks, uh, the women leading the way, got the win, and the men, they certainly need to follow follow suit, should I say. Uh, the Glory men uh, went all that way to, uh, to Wellington. Unfortunately, just couldn't get the chocolate. So they'll be looking forward to coming back home and uh, sleeping in their own beds and hopefully get a much-needed win after a couple of indifferent outings. But uh, could have been so much better if they just took their chances. Um, losses for both our both our women teams in the AFLW. One more game to play, and the season's over for them, for them unfortunately. Uh, the Western Warriors, solid, solid win up against South Australia. Just finished today, um, but I'm um, still chasing Tasmania at the moment. Well, the Perth Wildcats, enough said about them. I should have listened to that bat blast. And the Scorchers women, uh, one and one over the last two games and one and one in their first two games. So if they're sitting middle of the pack at the moment, they need to start getting a bit of a roll on. Um, I'm sure that will come over the coming games. But if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Instagram with your listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening. It's an absolute joy, a privilege, and a pleasure to have you on board. So look after yourself, stay safe, but from out about yours truly, I'm out for now.